What's up, America? It's fall time again. The leaves are falling. Temperatures are falling. Thankfully, the COVID death rates are falling. <laughs> but the one thing that's not falling is this show. Thanks to you, our viewers. We are on the rise. And we are back. And it's time to get another one going. Let's do this. Labyrinths. And welcome back to the Blabberbrain Show. We're finally back. I know we've had a long pause there, and we really apologize for that. But what can I say? Sometimes life gets in the way. And we are your host. I am Michael Cadry, and the guy over there in the signature uh, Big M hat is the Big M, Mark Anthony. How do you do, sir? Oh, man, I am just... I've had a shot of adrenaline in me in the last month, baby. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah, well, you know, we've had enough break. I think we should be uh, well rested. And, um, you know, hey, these things happen. We always said every show we're not promising when we're going to have these shows on. But, um, you know, we're going to continue to do them as long as we enjoy doing them. And I think we still enjoy doing them. So that's why we're we're back. So I uh, just want to apologize to everybody for the for the long pause. But uh, there's been a lot to talk about. So I think that's why it was good to hop back on here. Um, as I said before, we're not always going to have a guest host. Uh, so today for the hour, you just got myself in the big M there. So strap yourselves in and, uh, we hope you're entertained. Um, I, I want to talk about just the, this past weekend. I know there's a lot of things to talk about, but a lot of people didn't, didn't even know the Preakness ran this Saturday. And, um, I almost forgot about it myself. Uh, just because everything is so off and, um, you know, just the, the triple crown was run in a different order. It's later in the year. And I've mentioned to people about the race and they're like, I didn't even know it was running. You know, it just, it's a weird, weird year. And I'll tell you how weird of a year it is. And I'm, I'm guessing you probably didn't watch the race. No, you know what? I didn't know anything about it until afterwards. I was watching a college football game that I had a couple dollars on and I could see it, you know, scrolling down at the bottom. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know there was any horse racing. I, and you know, me, even with the, even with the Kentucky Derby half the time, but it, I, I, I will be, it will be in the middle of the afternoon. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to place a couple bets on it. Right. And then I, by the time I remember it's, it it took place an hour ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that the last two or three years, but I didn't even it. I didn't even know there was there was another major race. Yeah, this is the the last. It, it's usually the Belmont is the last of the uh, Triple Crown, but they kind of mucked things up this year and, sh- and shifted things around. The Kentucky Derby is actually the second race uh, this year, so um, yeah, so it was a little odd, but uh, and it kind of went off without a lot of fanfare apparently, but. Uh, the, but the other weird thing, and it's, it's a shame that there wasn't a lot of people aware of the race because um, a, a Philly actually won the race. And that's it, it's, there, there's usually Phillies running in the race, but it's not often they win. And they beat Authentic, who won the Kentucky Derby. So that was quite impressive. But I think it was also uh, very telling of 2020, right? It's, it's unexpected. <laughs> like, what else would you expect? And, and she was, I, I think, somewhat of a long shot. I don't remember what the odds were, but she wasn't definitely a, a favorite to win. So anybody having money on a Philly winning the, the Preakness probably made a pretty good penny. Now, on the side, um, I had Authentic because I won with Authentic in the uh, Kentucky Derby, so why not let it ride, you know? Um, but the other thing I always do is I like to try to pick a long shot to you know win place or show. 
so I, I, I just, one name stood out to me and I, I just saw uh, Jesus's team. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I got to bet Jesus's team. I'm on Jesus's team. I got to bet that horse. Right? It was like 31 to one, something like that. I'm like, I'm in for Jesus's team. And, uh, but then they, when they were announcing it, they kept saying, Hey, Zeus's team. I'm like, hey, what's this? Hey, Zeus, what's well, Jesus? Makes, yeah. I mean, that doesn't make sense that it would be. Well, I, they can say Jesus all they want. I was calling him Jesus's team, okay? But the fact is, Jesus's team came in third place, right? So uh, now, granted, I didn't. I only put two bucks down on it, so I wasn't going to lose anything. But you know, I won twelve fifty, which is not a great, it's not a whole lot. But hey, if that horse would have won or taken second place, I would have won a uh, pretty decent amount of money on that two dollar bet. So. Um, but I still won, so that's the, the 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 thing that counts. Yeah, but off of two dollars, I mean, twelve dollars and fifty cents is a that's a huge a gain off gain. And I mean, you didn't play it to lose. I mean, there have no. been times where I would go, I'd go watch harness racing and bet. And sometimes you felt like you you took a favorite or something that the odds were so ridiculously low to win any money that you thought maybe when when your horse would win the race that they might actually come over to you and tap you on the shoulder and have you kick in a couple more dollars on, on, on your win, you know? Right. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, the but, then the jockeys there are like, Hey, how about a little bit of, for the, uh, for, for the, uh, you know, the, the driver here, you know? Hey, if I, if I would have known I would have quit growing in seventh grade, maybe you I would have gotten into this whole jockey. The only thing is, is I'm not real, I'm not super skinny. I got some muscle on me. I, those guys are like, like ah, I'm, you can I'm easily barely, get down that way. You know, oh they, they starve themselves. Not, not you know, I'm probably about right now. I'd say I'm probably about 160 pounds. Those guys are. You also learn how to speak Spanish, though. Well, yeah, I'm screwed there. I could do a couple <laughs> words. I had ninth grade Spanish. I think I got a solid D in at the end of the year. But I don't know uh, why. Why? Why is that? Why is? I mean, they're not. They're not all jockeys are, are Spanish, like a Mexican or or Latino. But boy, man, I would say eighty percent of them or more are. Um, it's it, probably it, just more prominent with their with their maybe their nationality or their heritage. Plus, also remember. Even when you watch a lot of boxing, if you see like the super fly weights, the middle fly weights, the people who are really small, most of them are either of Asian or they're his or they're Hispanic. And it just happens to be, I think, on generally speaking, like my I'm I'm half Ita I'm half Polish and I'm also probably about a third or so Italian. And the Italian and the Italian family members are very short. In fact, me right. barely scraping five seven is is probably the tallest one out of the bunch. I mean, my mom's like four eleven, probably shrunk shrunk down to four ten by now. But um, I just but my Polish side of the family, like my dad, when he was alive, he's like six foot. My aunt was taller than me. My uncle is was like six two or six three. So I just think I think there's just certain nationalities, like special. You know, in heritage, there, there's bigger people and there's smaller people. And I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think once it's sort of like being a, um, like owning a funeral home. Right. Most of the people that own funeral homes, it's gone from generation to generation to generation. They just, they're in the business. So they end up being in a business. I think that's what it happens is it's probably a, like a bloodline of, of families who 
been around horses and racing horses and training horses over all the years. I don't think there's too many people who here in Western Pennsylvania uh, grew up in Braddock and now all of a sudden they're a, they're a horse jockey. Speaking of that, I mean, it also seems like, and this isn't all of uh, uh, funeral home uh, owners and, and whatnot, but uh, you know, it seems like a lot of them here in Western Pennsylvania are, are Slovak. You know, I mean, they're owned by uh, Slovakians, um, and again, I don't know why that is. Why you know one you know nationality you know drifts towards one profession over another. I I don't know what you that know, is. But that but that happens because I've met a lot of I've had people cut my hair over the years. There are a lot. There seems to be a larger number of Italians yeah, here. I was who just going to say hair. that if you're if you're if you're a hairdresser, you probably got a lot of Italian or a in tailor. You. I mean, generally, in a lot, yeah. I'm not talking about somebody who just comes over, oh, you need that hemmed up an inch. I'm talking tailors who could right. actually have a real skill that could, that could take, you know, measure you and put together a yep. great fitting shirt or a suit. It just, I mean, I don't know. I guess it just, I don't know the reasons for that. I guess you'd have to go back and, 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 and look into it or just some people naturally have better better skills or some people work with their hands more than I don't know, but it's, you know, that's before our time. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess, uh, that would be for, uh, an anthropologist to look into and try to <laughs> figure out. But, um, anyways, the, um, uh, why don't we get to a, uh, to a blabber boast here? Uh, cause okay. I got, I got a, uh, maybe one or two things I want to talk about. So let's cue this up. Blabber boast. All right, this is uh, becoming a fan uh, favorite segment, uh, according to some feedbacks. They really like when we talk about some things because this is, this, these are free plugs. So look, let's be honest, folks. Maybe one day and hopefully soon we have some sponsors on the show that we, we can plug and get paid for. Uh, but as of right now, we're just doing things just to, as a uh, public service uh, to you out there. Um, to say, well, look, Maybe some of my presidential sponsors for running for president maybe i could get the pens and fleet enemas to come over and well you know, there you help go. sponsor us we need we need that to bleed <laughs> over into the blabber brain show so let, let's you know you, you got to do some sort of quid pro quo i mean that's the thing nowadays right you got to got to do that so um you got to work that into the show anyways what i want to do is i i want to i have two i want to put forth out there um i want to talk about uh, the movie called the peanut butter falcon uh, I think it came what? out last. It's called the Peanut Butter Falcon. Sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a very good movie, but uh, it sounds like they given out samples. It's not about food. Well, um, okay. but anyways, uh, it it actually it's a really wonderful, heartwarming story. Um, it stars uh, Shia LaBeouf, uh, Dakota Johnson. If uh, you're not familiar with that, it's Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith's daughter. Is a very beautiful girl, good actress. Uh, Bruce Dern has a small role in it. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, uh, most people know him, um, has a great role in the movie. But there's this other guy, uh, Zach uh, Gotsigan. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. Gotsigan, something like that. Zach Gotsigan. I don't want to pronounce it wrong. So, Zach, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> Not that you'll ever see this. Uh, Zach is, uh, is uh, mentally challenged, and uh, he has um, uh, Down syndrome. 
And um, so, unfortunately, uh, you know, someone who wants to act, as as we've seen with other uh, act- actors with Down syndrome, you know, you're limited in your roles because you're you're going to play an act uh, a character with Down syndrome. It's, it's just inevitable, right? But he is so good. I mean, there there are a lot of high functioning people out there with Down syndrome, and and I guess he's one of them. And um, he just does such a good job in that role, and he's, his character is so likable. And uh, I'm not a big Shia LaBeouf fan. I'm real. I'm just not. But he is so good in this movie. Um, actually, he was converting me to become a Shia LaBeouf fan because he's a very good actor. I, I just I don't know. I I just never connected with him in in some of the roles he's had. But um, anyways, uh, you can see what the movie's about. Um, I just give you a brief synopsis. Zach plays a, a, a guy with Down syndrome who was kind of abandoned by his family and uh, the state didn't know what to do with him. So he put him in a, in a senior citizen home and um, in a nursing home. And uh, in real life, that actually does happen sometimes, unfortunately. Um, but he's a huge studio wrestling fan. And uh, he just has this, he wants to go to the studio, studio wrestling school. He's been watching this videotape for like, that's 20 years old, right? It's on VCR. <laughs> so he's putting a VHS tape in and he's watching this video. It's like 20 years old and they're saying, talking about coming to my wrestling school. So he wants to break out of the nursing home and, and uh, find this wrestling school while Bruce Stern helps him escape. And um, he eventually meets Shia LaBeouf's character along the way and, they form uh, not right off the bat, but they eventually form a, a bond, and um, it's it's just a really really uh, heartwarming and good movie. So I I recommend that to a lot of people. I've the, the 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 people that I've recommended it to uh, personally, and um, you know in, in in person, have watched the movie and have thanked me for uh, telling them about it. So. That one's for everybody. Uh, go watch the Peanut Butter Falcon if you have a Prime membership. It's available on Prime, so it comes free. You don't have to pay extra for it, so that makes it even better. Um, the other thing I really want to um, uh, plug real quick, because it's going to leak into something that we probably, probably can talk about on the show, and that's uh, there's a movie on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Have you heard about this? Uh, a lot of people are talking about this. This movie. yeah, I know I've heard of it, but I really don't know anything about it to be honest with it, you. It's a documentary. It's not really a movie. It's a documentary, and it, it basically features all of the uh, I don't want to say all of the, but a lot of the tech geniuses that were involved in um, uh, all the big social media, you know, like Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram and you know, Google and all these other things, they were the ones that helped create all of this technology for social media back in the day. And they all said that, you know, they, they, they did it with good intentions because there was a lot of good that could have come out of, of having social media. But what they witnessed was the um, big tech taking over and uh, developing of AI taking over the programs uh, things just got super scary and they wanted nothing more to do with it and they walked away and they kind of give their testimony and they build that into this documentary and they weave in some acting and some um, acting scenes uh, to show what social media is doing to people and hmm. intentionally. And if anybody thinks that there's a political divide in this country because of politics 
or because of politicians or even because we like to hunker down behind our uh, political parties, that's only this much of the problem. Social media is geared towards dividing us as a nation. And once you watch the movie, it becomes a lot more clear. I'm not going to give anything away. But it is, it's a frightening movie and um, documentary, I should say, because it just shines a light on um, what social media and not only that, AI, um, is doing to us as a, as a country and as, as the world, in, in fact, not just our country. I, I, I recommend people to watch it because I think that uh, you begin to start seeing things a lot clearer as to um, why we're being tugged this way and tugged that way. They say one thing. Here, here's, here's a good thing. Have you ever wondered why people on the right and people on the left say the exact same things about the other side? Like they can't believe the other side is so stupid or brainwashed because they believe X, Y, or Z. Both sides say the same thing, right? How can yep. they believe this? Because it's obviously not true. And, the other, and both sides are saying it. Well, there's, you, once you watch the, the, the documentary, you begin to realize how that is true. And both sides are right and they're wrong at the same time. And we're tearing ourselves apart um, willingly because of our desire to be part of social media. And that's the, the scary part about this. And I think that once, if, if everybody would just open their eyes to what's going on, maybe you don't believe all the crap that's being placed in front of us and just willingly believe it. I don't care what side you're on. Uh, both sides are guilty of just blindly believing whatever they're told and whatever's put in front of them. They, they just are. And I'm sorry if you're offended by that. It's oh, just you know, the way I'm, it is. Well, I'm not you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people out there watching this. Um, I know you and I are, it, it takes a lot to offend e either of us. Um, but I'm just saying, watch the documentary, Mark. I'm, I'm definitely even recommending you to watch it because you'll, you'll soon see why, see why um, we are being ripped apart. And it's horrible and it's intentional. And that's the scary part. Anyways, how long is how long is this documentary? I think it's like an hour and a half, something like that. Okay. It's not like it's not like, not like a three-hour documentary, uh, but uh, I have which, to check it out if I'm at home on Friday evening. Maybe yeah, I'll. It's on Netflix, so out. you know. Again, the the things I'm recommending, it's not going to cost you any extra money as long as you have a Netflix account, as long as you have an Amazon Prime account, you can watch these shows. So, uh, I just highly recommend both of those. Um, we, on the other hand, are trying not to be part of social media. We're trying not to divide you. We're trying not to rip you apart. If anything, you know, we, we try to bring unity. We try to bring humor. We try to bring entertainment, uh, whatever That's it is. That's why nobody's listening to us. Well, maybe that is the problem. Man. <laughs> Everybody loves to be, uh, take a side, you know, they love to hunker down behind one, this side or that side. Well, you're not going to find that on this show, but you know, we hope that you, you, you still watch us anyways, please. So, uh, what do you got to blab about there, Mark? Well, you know what? I, I thought about this, and this is something that I guess I do a lot of that probably a lot of people don't, but it's this guitar here. I just re, I just picked it up recently. I can't tell with how things are set up, whether I could on the screen, if I could, I can if see I'm it. showing you this. But yeah. this is a, you know, I have a lot of expensive guitars. There's a whole wall of them over here. And I have some really high-end Martins, but I, I wanted a small-body guitar specifically not made out of wood 
that sounded decent that I could, that was small in size. This is considered a parlor, parlor size guitar, which is considered a, a, a single zero. And um, it's, it sounds great. Even this is made out of high pressure laminate, which is basically countertop. I was slicing lemons on the back of this thing <laughs> But even the neck, even the neck is nothing but birch that was layered together almost like a paper product. And the reason I, so it's, it, it doesn't, it's not affected by humidity. I can looks take like it's it got outside. a matte finish. Does it have a matte finish on it? It looks really... Yeah, like, I mean, it's supposed to be mahogany. And I have an all-mahogany Martin guitar. And this does sound mahogany, but nowhere near as good. Right. Because there's no real wood in it. The I'm sorry, wait, wait. That, be, I'm just saying, for those of you on uh, uh, listening on audio only, we apologize. This is a visual segment of the show. So uh, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, um, yeah, sorry about that, people. Envision a <laughs> imitation mahogany small-bodied guitar right. um, made by Martin. And because I figured I could take it outside, I don't have to worry about it drying out, humidity, because all that. But the expense of Martins, you know, you got to keep them at certain. They're so they're so easily damaged because they're fragile. I mean, my D35, I think brand new before the electronics is like $3,100. So this is like four, $499. It also has electronics in it. You can't probably see it, but inside here, there's a little volume and a tone control. It runs off of a nine volt battery here. Wow. And I'll, not plugged in, it's not really that great. <clears throat> plugged in, this thing will compete with a high end guitar. It sounds fantastic, wow. but it won't warp. It, I don't have to worry about the neck moving or Just needing because it. because it's mahogany? It's not. It's imitation. It's oh, made imitation out of high-pressure oh, high okay. laminate. Listen well, that's it. probably why it's it won't plastic. do that. That's probably why yeah, it won't do any of that. I specifically wanted something like this. And I've been doing, for my acoustic EP that I'm going to go and record here soon, I've been write, I've written new material specifically for this except for one song. And I've been using this because could, I, could, I could be on my... I could be on my couch. I could be on a chair, and it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound as good as my Martin's, but it's not bad sounding. Right. It's four ninety nine. This is actually something that I would play a gig with and use as a backup plugged in because it sounds that good. Or yeah, you just couldn't play it in a coffee house, like with, like without an amp or something like that. You're well, saying. you could put a microphone in front of it, but um, <clears throat> you know, you could. It, yeah, I mean, it does sound great. Plus, it's a great if you're looking for a guitar that's that's not too expensive that you don't have to worry. about. I mean, it's hard to even scratch this thing because it's it's basically countertop and it sounds good and it plays fantastic. Four ninety nine with with case and um, you know, there, there it's a big seller. It's called it's the Martin O. X1E. The E is for electric because it has electronics in it. It's a fantastic buy. I really love this guitar. It feels great. It plays great. It sounds decent enough unplugged and sounds great plugged in. It's a good song, little songwriting tool that I could, you know, I could sit in a, I could sit in a recliner because it's so small, it's smaller in size. The neck isn't, but the body is. And you could just you could, uh, and you could take it out anywhere and you don't have to worry about something getting spilled on it or getting scratched. It's just extremely durable. Right. So it's a, it was a great, it was, it's probably one of the best buys that I've equipment wise that I purchased in a while. And as you could see, I have, you know, marshals to the right of me, marshals to the left of me. I have marshals behind me. 
and I ain't a got you or whatever that song goes from Aerosmith. Cup of Vox and a couple Fender guitars here. I mean amplifiers here. So. And what's the brand again? It's a Martin guitar. Okay. It's the Martin OX1E, and it's selling like hotcakes. It's getting fantastic reviews, and they're even having trouble keeping it in them in stock right now because as you know, with the whole COVID thing, they were shut down for a while. So manufacturing is is a little bit behind, but it's a fantastic guitar for five hundred dollars or somebody maybe who's younger who like a, it would be nice for a girl, you know, a teenager, maybe with smaller hands, looking for something nice and durable that's not too expensive, that's actually sounds well enough that you could plug it in somewhere and play a gig and nobody would think anything negative about it. I mean, it's it's just it's a for the money, it's a it's a fantastic buy. Awesome. Okay. Well, there's uh, this installment of Webberboost. All right, we hope you enjoyed that. Um, so before we, uh, it's, boy, it's coming up on a half hour soon in a few minutes here. Let's try to get another segment in before the break. Um, the, uh, since you, were, you, were, you mentioned about COVID, there are a few things that you and I have talked about recently. And uh, I know that it's real popular to uh, listen to rhetoric when it comes to, to COVID, but you know, you and I have been big on looking at numbers and, um, you know, we, 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 I like to dive into the data and look at, um, you know, what's really going on. And the, the problem is, is that even with the CDC, even with doctors that are out there, the CDC changes their mind on things left and right. What's, you like know, the what, AIDS epidemic. Basically. I mean, it's just, they don't it's, know anything yet. It's so hard Change to know it. the truth, man. It's so hard to know. Uh, they don't know it all. Well, I know, but then, you know, you got credible doctors that's, that say things on both sides, and you don't know who to believe or what to follow. So that's why I, don't, I try not to listen to the rhetoric. And um, I try to just look at, the, look at the data. So a couple of things that I noticed, um, when they keep talking about the, the, um, the average or the, the amount of COVID cases in the country, they're talking over the whole spread of the year of the the total number of cases. And right. I think I thought that was really disingenuous because we really only started ramping up our testing um, somewhere around early August, something like that, where we were testing millions of people. And uh, we just really started ramping up the testing. So I thought it would be interesting because when I look at the graphs, I see these graphs that look like, you know, things down here and they're spiking way up here and they come down here, then they go way back up again. Um I thought it'd be interesting to go back to uh, beginning of August and look to today and look at the, what that data looks like. Look what the um, uh, you know the the cases. Look at the hot the hospital um, usage, the death rates, all the stuff you can look up on the CDC. And if you do that, you get a very different snapshot of things. Uh, yeah, there's still a lot of testing going on. And there's and there's a lot of cases, but. The, the chart doesn't look like it's going this way. It looks like it's going this way. And the death rate did this. It almost fell completely flat. Flat. The hospitals did the same thing. They fell flat. So why are the cases still way up here, but this is way down here? The death rates in the hospital cases are way down here. Um, as something that, uh, that I read in, in the New York Times... Uh, and also a few other people have spoken to this, and, including the uh, ex-chief science, scientist for Pfizer, uh, have, have come out and talked about this. 
is that we're getting a lot of um, false positives. And the reason we're getting a lot of false positives is because of the way they're doing the amplification cycles. Now, when they do the swab, they go up into your sinus cavity and they take a, a sample. You have to do what's called amplification cycles to find a trace of, of, of COVID in there or whatever it is they're looking for. Well, the CDC recommends uh, 30 amplification cycles. Somehow, worldwide testing got a number of 40 amplification cycles. Who set that? I don't know. Whether it was the WHO or what, I don't know. The CDC's guidelines are 30 amplification cycles for you to get a true testing on uh, whether a COVID is present. Now, these doctors said that when you're doing 38 to 40 amplification cycles, what's going to end up happening is you're going to find the smallest trace of COVID present in your, in your body or in your system. Probably a lot of us are, if not most of us are, right? Because we're out and about, we're doing things if we're not hunkered down and, and locked ourselves in our house. Um, but it's such a small amount that you, it's not worth passing. Like you will never pass it on to someone else. You'll never feel any symptoms and get sick. Your, your own immune system will take that over and fight it off. It's such a small amount. But it's still turning up positive. Um, and that's what I think is leading to the exorbitant amount of, of positive cases. Um, the, and I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have the guy's name. I should have written it down, but it's the ex, ex chief scientist for Pfizer has said, if you look at the actual data globally, globally, not just in the United States, um, you can't just look at the, uh, look at the, uh, the cases. You have to look at who the amount of people being tested. You have to look at the amount of cases. You have to look at the death rate, uh, the amount of people having symptoms. There's so much more data that goes into looking at um, whether this thing is a pandemic or not, or whether it, you know, how deadly it is or how bad it is. And there's just a lot of scientists that are of the, the mindset that this is nowhere near pandemic status. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I have my I mean, we were at one time. We were at one time. They're saying I, I, now I at this my, point th- time I we're not. Well, go ahead. Yeah. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, I you know, I we have somewhat of a different thoughts on some on some of the on some of this would have been a great I should have had Chip Dominic come on and talk about this. He would have been a good guest, but, but we'll have him on uh, next show. Yeah, they just put he just they just had their their uh, release party uh, at Jurgles back when I think it was on Saturday either Friday or Saturday night, and I heard it went well. I'll have to, I'll we'll have to, to come on the next show. He'll come in and talk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and have him talk a little bit about his uh, his CD. They're getting, they've gotten a few write-ups, and they've been putting out some videos. But, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's like this. I my, Some of my situation is a little different to people. I'm not really that – I'm not too worried about myself. But the big thing I think that's going to – the really gauge thing is to see what happens in a couple years from the cases that have taken place this year because mm-hmm. you see if people there's going to be people there are going to be people probably going to have lung problems heart problems and you might get it now and it might be like a bad flu but who's to say a year from now or that two years from now something else right and, and, there, and i think there's going to be there's definitely going to be a lot of that too and it's like look i you know I me mean, i've been i i watched two Steeler games over at your house and i kept my distance even a little more so than usual but that's a different situation because there's somebody that i've been I've been hanging around with on occasion. That she has, she has, you know. And we, we should all cancer. still be cautious. We still, we should still but, all be very cautious. You know, and I just probably even a little more concerned about it now because 
I wouldn't want to, well, she has to watch what she does. I would hate to be around someone who, you know, like her, she's a, she's a beautiful young girl and has been dealing with this, with, with this for 11 years now and have, you know, surpassed everything in her expiration date by years. And I think I showed you a couple photos of her. She's a beautiful girl right. and she doesn't, and she still works at a hospital in the OR. She has a business, an eyelash business and everything. And she's got a whole story be, behind her even before mm-hmm. the whole thing of cancer. But I would hate to have something happen to her because I didn't pay attention right. and I got together with her for coffee or to hang out because it's pretty likely that it would, that it could, that it would kill her. She has no immune system. So, right. I mean, I just try to be the best I can for other people around me. I understand why people are upset and how they feel about about things too. I just don't. I just don't worry about the whole control thing. If me putting something a little over my face ends up helping somebody out or myself, okay, did it really cause that in much of an inconvenience to me? Not that. Not really. But I mean, there's a lot of things I miss doing. I want to play. You know, I wanted, I had things scheduled to do with another band this summer and do my thing. And that all went to hell, you know, the whole story about recording mm-hmm. and everything. And it's, it's been a nightmare. I can't wait until something I'm hoping come spring to whether vaccines and everything that hopefully things will be a lot better and I could, you know, continue more time. But I just feel bad for people, you know, like the person I'm talking about that doesn't, they really don't know how, I mean, it's bad enough us as we're getting older to lose out on a year. Right. I feel like this whole year was just, you know, basically a piss in the bucket, but to somebody else, that's a cherished maybe, year. That's a cherished, you know, that's year. A cher- cherished year. And I think about God, you know, just, we just hang out and we're friends that, and you know, how we know each other. It's a right. whole funny thing in itself, but to say, you know what, there's so many things, cool things to go do. They usually could be doing this fall with the wineries and the festivals and that. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks that, you know, there's been a lot of things that are affected by it. And yeah, I lose one year out and yeah, I'm getting older and the music thing and all. And thank God I had me and you, you know, haven't fallen completely fallen apart. <laughs> you know, I'm still keeping it to, I'm still keeping it together and everything. But right. you know, to some people, or if you're a senior citizen or elderly person, you know, years a lot. Yep. Yep. You know, when you're a high risk person, taking a year off your life or taking that year and turning it into, you know, almost like if you were bedridden or something, you know, it's just, you know, it, it just, it, it just sucks. And, you know, you try to make the, you try to make the best of it. And that's what I'm trying to do over here. And I, you know, I, I don't really think my, my take on all of this is I think we should all have personal responsibility to do the best we can to, when we're around people that we know are either elderly or have uh, conditions that we do the best we can to protect them um, because we don't know what we're carrying around that's not affecting us that could affect them. Um, but at the same time, you know, do these things with care and caution, but, but stop living in fear. You know, I think there's so many people that are just so deathly afraid um, and we, we just got to be mindful and be cautious and be loving and caring towards everybody and but but don't live your life in fear um yeah this is this is not as deadly as they thought but it's still bad and people can still get it and people can still die and just keep that in mind and it just if everybody sort of just did a little 
it would mean it would it mean a lot overall. And that's the problem. There's just yeah. certain situations that you that you get into or some people who just and that's their thing. And you know what? That's fine. I just won't I just won't get, I won't spend any time around them just because there's other things that I, you know, there's a couple other people that are, that are, that are more important to me at this time <laughs> right. than now. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it, it's, it's just a mess. And I mean, you know, I get, I, I mean, get, I get how people think that like, you know, the, the government shouldn't be mandating things to us. Um, I, I think there can be recommendations. I, and I understand that people think that, you know, look, I can think for myself, I can do for myself, but the problem is that there's a lot of people that aren't believing that this thing, I, I don't want to say that it is, that they're not believing and it's not serious. I think that they're just, they're not taking it serious. And even though the numbers show that this not as, I want to say deadly, it's still contagious, it's not as deadly as we thought it was, that doesn't mean that you just abandon all principles and say, screw it, I'm not even going to do anything, just to hell with everybody. We still got to be mindful, we still got to be human beings, we still got to be uh, you know, protective of, the, of, of our elderly. We know who it affects now, we know exactly who it affects. It doesn't affect young people, it, unless you have underlying health conditions. It affects all kinds of people with underlying health conditions and it and, and affects the elderly. So for, for, for God's sake, just do the right thing. Protect yourself and protect them. Put a mask on, do something when you know you're around people like this. Or if you're out in public, you go into the store or something like that. If they're asking you to wear a mask, it's their store. They're allowed to ask you to wear a mask. And if you don't want to wear a mask, then don't go into the store, find another store, whatever. But it's, it's not really that difficult to put a mask on people. It's not not that hard. I get it. There's, there's a principle involved. I understand that. But, you know, just be mindful of other people because as, as much as this might not be what the media has blown it out to be, it still exists. It's still there. My daughter just had a scare and her roommate had to go home because she got tested positive and stuff. Now, was it a false positive? I don't know. And I don't want to sit there and try to, you know, figure that out. Okay. She got tested positive. Thankfully, my daughter who does deal with asthma got tested negative. Um, she did stay up at school. Um, she actually had two scares. She had two friends that tested positive up there in, in Penn state because that's right now a hotbed. I don't want to get down into the weeds of whether they're they're really infected or not infected. You know what? It's not a big deal to to just protect yourself and try to uh, protect. Yeah, other I mean, people. a few days can make a world. Well, I mean, look what's going on at the White House now. Right, exactly. I mean, it's just, so it's just spreading like it's spreading like crazy. And there, you know what? And there could have been just a few steps that could have been taken to prevent it. Right. To, to prevent a lot. I mean, like you know, I have a friend who which like, we do need to have him come in at some point and talk with us. He's retired from the secret service. He might even be watching us. I know he, he, he's, he's, he's on our page, right. but you know, he told me even a while back, there were so many secret service men that had it and weren't, weren't able to do their duty that he felt bad for them. And there was a bunch of, I don't, on quarantine, I don't know what happens if they run out of secret services. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they've had to call him up at some point and uh, go no, in. I'll, I'll step in. I'll, I'll step in. I, you know, what I'm, I'm at my age. You know, you know, it's I've only got what a few years left. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll step in, do my duty, whatever, serve my country. You I didn't know, get so, to serve I mean, in the military, so. So there's been a lot. It's, it's there's there's been a there's been a lot of it that's not that's not talked about either. Right. And, you know, so just, listen, I, I just want to make a plea up because I, I, I know that there's a lot of people on both sides of this argument, and I'm trying to be a, a pragmatic, reasonable voice about this. I'm trying to say, 
I believe you. Yes, the data is showing that this is not as bad as it was, but it's still there and it still exists and it's still a problem, people. Don't just dismiss it and don't just say, you know, the heck with it. Yes, governors have overstepped their boundaries, including Wolf, including uh, Cuomo, including a lot of other governors have overstepped their constitutional boundaries in telling us what we can and can't do. That doesn't mean that we can't be responsible human beings and still do the right thing. You can't counteract their ignorance and their uh, tyranny with total disregard for other people's uh, health and, and well-being. Be a responsible human being, social distance, you know, uh, mask up when, you're, when, you, when you need to mask up, and, and, you know, just be responsible. That's all, that's all we're asking. I mean, it's, it's not a hard thing to do. It's really not a dis- an inconvenience to your life to do that. Um, so that's just a plead to everybody out there to, uh, like I said, who are on both sides of the aisle, to stop being overbearing. Stop sh- Here's the other thing. Stop shaming people for not wearing masks. I saw the one clip the other day of a lady walking in the park in California threw a cup of hot coffee in someone's face because they were walking outside and weren't wearing a mask. That's extreme, people, okay? Don't take it to that extreme. You people way over there on the left who are like, you know, are scared to death of this stuff and want to be a Karen to everybody who's not wearing a mask, knock it off, Okay. Do your part. Let other people do their part. And I'm pleading to the people who are on the, I just want to abandon this all because I, I, I can't stand the government telling me what to do and I want my freedom and yada, yada, yada. It's not a super inconvenience to put a mask on when you need to put a mask on and social distance and just be mindful of things. That's all I'm asking you to do. And I don't think that's a tough thing to do. Uh, the president might not say it. Your governor might not say it. The social media might not say it. But I just said it. So you heard it first here on the Blabber Brain Show. And I think that's something that the big M and I can both agree on. Yep. Um, be, be a, just be a human being for crying out loud. And um, with that, I know we're running long, but we're going to take a break. And we'll be back in a Brains. And welcome back to the Blabber Brain Show. We hope you uh, maybe got to go to the bathroom, do something. Um, <laughs> probably not. Check the scores. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like two seconds for you. It was a little bit of a break for us. So you probably didn't get to do a whole lot. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I really want to ignore the, you know, with the latest in the news uh, with the debate last week because, uh, oh God. <laughs> I mean, what, what, is else, what is there to say that hasn't already been said? So I, just for, for those of you out there, um, yeah, we probably do like a whole show on how ridiculous that, that was. So let's just bypass that. I, I, although I do want to, I, w- I want to touch on one thing. It, it amazes me, and this is not about the debate, this is about politics in general. It amazes me how much people, like, they're, 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 they believe everything about politics, right? They, they get, they're so ingrained in it, and they're, they're so hypersensitive one way or the other. And, and, and people, it's political theater, okay? Most of the stuff yeah. you're seeing is not real. The, 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 the yapping going on, the, the calling of names... The this guy did this, this guy did that. Um, it's political theater. It's all it is. Um, it's it's like it's like watching WWE and getting upset that the wrestlers are are, are really going to hurt somebody and they're calling somebody out. I mean, I I'm I, I'm sorry. I, I don't watch any WWE. Do you watch WWE? I 
when I was a teenager, I watched it. Before it turned into Hollywood, right. I thought it was pretty entertaining and funny. Okay, so that was well, I'm going I'm to date myself then. Okay, because ne neither one of us can probably name a current WWE wrestler, right? Other than uh, Casey Cotton-Zaro, maybe. Um, only because she was on American Ninja Warrior. But let, let's, just, let's just date ourselves. I'm going to say, this is like Randy Macho Man Savage uh, stepping up and calling out Hulk Hogan and saying, I'm going to rip his head off, and I'm gonna, next time I see him, I'm going to kill him, and I'm going to, you know, whatever. And he takes a chair and smashes it over his head, and people get up and, oh, can you believe what he did? Oh, my God, call the police. Somebody. It would be like reacting to that in the same way that people are reacting to politics. You know, people, It 90% of everything you're seeing on the news, hearing from politicians, uh, seeing on social media, it's political theater. It's 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 done to guide you in one direction or another and, and have you choose sides and have you hate more, if more than anything. Did you ever notice that? There, there's nothing that's out there that causes you to, to love somebody more. <laughs> it only causes you to hate somebody more. Um, that, yeah, that, I don't know. Design. There's some that, some that seem to eat it up and, you know, it doesn't matter. Once they bunker down with somebody... It yeah. doesn't matter what they do. It's, I'm you know, just I'm just here to say, look, people, don't don't believe all that you see and hear, especially from you know schmucks that uh, from Congress that stand up to the microphone and start wagging their finger and calling the president this or calling the senator this or calling a congressman this or congresswoman whatever. Just don't believe it, okay? It's political theater. Why they think it still works? Well, put it this way: they do it because it does still work. Why you yeah, Why you people allow it to work is the the question. That's just mind boggling. Um, I I did hear an interview today though uh, with Adam Carolla of all people. Adam, believe it or not, is is actually a even though he's a is a funny comedian, he's a or he's he may, good though. He's he, good. He's, he's very good. sensible, man. He's very pragmatic in in his thought process and stuff. He actually said something that like kind of opened my mind. I'm like, wow, I I didn't even think about it that way. Um, what he said was that um, pictures like if someone says something, let's say negative about Trump, and then somebody backs that up with, oh yeah, well. And then they share something on social media that's a clip of, let's say, Trump on uh, Hannity or, you know, whatever, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson or something like that. And what happens immediately is the left automatically di dismisses it and says, yeah, well, that's just Fox. You know, I don't you know, believe Fox. But the, he said that the, the problem is the people that watch Fox know that they're watching Fox. The people who are watching CNN and MSNBC think they're watching the news. <laughs> and all they're doing is watching the liberal version of Fox. But they don't think that way. He says, see, it's even like if you walk into an airport and there's a bar with a TV on in the back. And let's say they had Fox News on in the background. And someone walks in and says, hey, what do you got on the TV? What would they say? We got a Fox. Okay. If they had CNN on, they'd probably say, what do you got on the TV? The news. And it's just the way, I think that's slowly changing, and that's what he said. He goes, he thinks that people are becoming wise to that. Um, but basically, the reason that, and, and this goes back to what we are talking about with the social dilemma and the divide and everything, and I, I, I understand it more, I understand the divide more from, this, from the situation that um, 
of where people think they're the other side is brainwashed or you know or is ridiculous and how can you believe this kind of stuff because on the liberal side of things you know you have cnn you have msnbc but you also have social media you also have cbs abc nbc you have all like they're all skewed to the left you have the new york times the washington post uh you know on the right side you got fox but then you may might have like breitbart or you know blaze or whatever or uh newsmax or whatever um so the, the, when the left sees that 30 different news outlets has all the same story because it's all geared towards one direction, they naturally think that that's news, that they don't look at it as skewed news. Whereas I think people on the right, some think that what they're getting is news, but I think a lot of people realize that we're watching conservative news because it's alternative. It's it's not the mainstream news. That's what they even call it. The, you know, alternative or main not mainstream news, whatever alternative media. Um, they people on the right automatically think that the people on the left are brainwashed because that they're just blindly listening to everything that's being parroted throughout all their media sources out there, right? And it becomes fake news because it's just a, it's a, a agenda driven, and all things on the right aren't agenda driven. Things on the right are agenda driven. People, okay, I, I hate to tell you, um, but the people on the left think that they're really seeing the news because of all of the news sources that they get their information from, which means they think that everybody on the right is brainwashed into thinking that they just watch all this, you know, Fox News and and all this other right stuff is just propaganda for the right and you're not believing reality and hence that's why we have the split because why because real journalism is dead can anybody including you mark can you name one network or news outlet that is honest down the middle and just tries to get mm -hmm. to the truth of things without a bias one way or the other yeah i don't i don't know if that exists or not look i i don't watch much of Fox News. I don't watch, definitely don't watch any CNN. MSNBC, I watch occasionally. And it's not because of the news that you just go, go through and there's an interesting medical story or something like that or some breakthrough that interests me and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, or some financial thing that's interesting. It really isn't them reporting the news and I'll stop. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think sometimes the local news is sort of that way, but at times they're definitely not. Even the, the local news real, is skewed. I mean, I, there's, only, there's only two things that I, that I watch on a regular basis. And I watch, and I'm sure you'll, you won't like this program, and probably anybody on the right will, will have a fit. But I like watching on ABC Sunday morning at 10 o'clock um, this week. And the reason I like it is because they bring in – on their panel, as the show goes on, they have a couple concerns, like Chris Christie's on air, and I and that uh, Rom Emanuel or whatever his name is. And even though I'm not, and they'll have a couple other people that they'll bring in and talk. But the thing is, when those two guys, and I'm not a Rom Rom Emanuel or however you pronounce his name, fan, <laughs> but being that him and Chris Christie aren't really in office right now. You know, they don't have a polit real political position, you know, that they they could argue with each other and disagree without beating each other up and actually come across fairly reasonable 
and it's a good, and those two guys are good at going back and forth. And sometimes they'll actually not agree with what their with what their party is doing you know, or saying, or they believe, you know, or even Chris Christie, who obviously he spent time around the president. He has he he, he contracted COVID. <laughs> yeah. So the he doesn't always agree with them, but those two guys could get into a discussion without yelling at each other, without making fun of each other, without interrupting each other. And I do like, and I do like, and I do like that show. I don't always have to agree with everything, but I do like that show. And I do also watch a lot of times for some reason it's six thirty at night. I'll watch the NBC news with Lester Holt because he's got the best forehead in the business. <laughs> and that's what I like about his forehead. But yeah, I just, and the other reason I watch, I don't think he's, I have never heard him cut up the first lady or anything like that, like some of the other networks have done. He just kind of reports the news and I just get into him because he's a good jazz bass player. Right. He's a musician. And I, I mean, I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty good. So is my and I don't, yeah. And Huckabee, you know, there's stuff I like about him. There's things I don't like yeah, about him well, I'm, either. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same with that. I, there, there's, he, there, he rose me I, the wrong way in, in, in areas too. So, yeah. And that, but it's kind, but that's about all I really pay attention to is that one hour on Sunday, and I mean it, it gets interesting. But it's funny when I hear either left or right, whether it was Obama as president or even as Trump as president, when Trump will say something, and there's and everybody on Fox News believes it, but there's actual proof I'm seeing no. on another network <laughs> that he's. That he lied, right. and that's not where guys. I was on the call. Right. That's not what he said, you know. And it goes both ways, and it just blows. It just blows me. It just blows me away when there's people that go like this and go, "It's my guy. It's my. It's my person's." You know, I shouldn't say guy because there's a lot of women in politics politics too but it's like this it's, it's my guy or nothing and it just kills me what i don't like about people when it comes to politics is when they're okay with with somebody it's like this whole thing it would be like me being married and having my wife and i wouldn't do this because I, I don't even cheat on people that i've been in relationships with <laughs> so it'd be like me being in a relate let's just say i'm in a serious relationship with somebody she catches me sleeping with a woman here's the politician's take on it She'll go, honey, what are you doing with that woman? And be, I would respond as a politician, hey, your ex-husband cheated on you all the time. <laughs> you know, it's always like that. He did it 20 times. I, this is just my one time. Right. It's always that sort of, and that's how people who are really, and that's what I don't like about certain people when it comes to politics. I don't care if you're to the left. I don't care if you're to the right. Or like me, I was a conservative. I'm an independent. Because I saw Republic, a Republican public interest group I worked for throwing away Democratic Democrat uh, voter registrations in the trash and got busted by it. And yes, people, it was reported on Fox back then too. Yeah, not, and after yeah, the election, it happens I switched, on both sides. Yep. Yeah, I switched over to independent. Now I probably lean more to the right than I do to left, but. I don't care if you're a conservative. I don't care if you're a liberal or if you're independent. What I don't like about a lot of the people who are to the left or to the right is when they make excuses for the same damn thing that that other the other side is doing. Right. That's right. That's the problem I have. When you're okay with ripping somebody off, long as they're with your party, and then you, you hey, you know, well, if they don't like somebody doesn't like what Trump did, oh, Obama did that three times. 
Right. Okay, so you're okay with being ripped off. It, it's like this. If I was dating, if I had two women to date, one woman, one woman I know that I used to date cheated on me 20 times. The other woman over here cheated on me once. I don't go, oh, I trust this girl more than I trust her. <laughs> I say, you know what? I don't fucking trust either one of them and stay the hell away from them. Right. That's the mentality that I don't get. And when people act and talk that way, I don't trust them. I don't trust. I could be your friend, but I don't trust you because I know you. Because if you're that, if you're that way with total strangers, when you, yep. you there's you have nothing in there to win or lose. Yep. What are you going to be like in your private life? And I just don't trust people generally who who have that view. Lisa, you know what? Yeah, I I don't like what my guy is doing. Yeah, your guy did that. I, but I like, but at least I like the fact that still this is benefiting so-and-so. I'm not saying my, my candidate is right because they fucked up. They're wrong. But the overall picture, I still agree with this side more than I do that. That I understand. But well, I just don't trust people who, who, who do what I just is telling you. I just I, don't. I, you know, I've been very vocal about why I left the Republican Party and became an independent. And um, it's, you know, was mainly because of the fact I got tired of uh, being shoveled BS by politicians who they, they know how to sound like a conservative when they're running, but then they get into office and they don't govern like that. They don't govern the way that they, that they spoke on the campaign trail. They don't live their lives that way. You know, Tim Murphy was another good example. I, I, I didn't like Tim Murphy to begin with, and uh, I was forced to kind of hang out with him because of the, the, the friends that I had in politics. I met him before, too, when I worked yeah. for the medical device guy. He hung out with him, and I, I can't remember who the other guy was. Well, I mean, I, I just I have friends who were friends with him, and, um, you know, I was helping to run my former boss's, Mike McCormick's campaign at one point in time. I was the creative director of his campaign, and, of course, he was good friends with uh, Tim. And I just did not, I, I never got a good feeling from him then. Uh, when he came to any Diana Irie Vaughn's uh, uh, events, um, Diana didn't, sorry, Diana, if I'm throwing you under the bus, I, I think it's a little too late for that. Tim, Tim's out of office now, but Diana didn't like him, said that guy's not a, a conservative and he doesn't live his life as a conservative. She knew something that I didn't know, but I was like, you know what, Diana, you know something that I don't know, but... I, I get the same feeling. I don't, I don't like that guy. But, boy, when he's in front of the camera and he's up in front of the microphone, he knows exactly what to say to get that vote. He knows exactly what to say to get the conservative vote. And I, I got tired of people being that way. I got tired of people uh, campaigning as conservatives but governing as, uh, I don't want to even say liberal, but they're, they're anything but conservative. So I'm like, why be a member of a party that doesn't... Um, it, it doesn't reflect on my values. The, the party may reflect on my values, but the people in the party don't. So I'm like, I, I don't, I just want to get away from that. The other thing that I thought that was very beneficial of leaving the party is, um, I, I left in 2015, 2014, something like that. I registered back to an independent. Um, I've, I've, I've seen the world a lot clearer, not being, uh, guided by a party but by by looking at issues and being saying pragmatic i i i've i've used that word a lot but i mean it i i look at things pragmatically i don't get skewed one way or the other based on what a party is saying 
And um, unfortunately, I see a lot of people that way. I mean, on both sides, they're just, they, whatever the party says, they just willfully believe. Yeah. Uh, you might have even seen a conversation I had on Facebook recently. And I actually had to, like, really do a timeout on it because things started getting a little hot and heavy. But I, was, I, I started talking about how it was sick that people were wishing uh, Trump ill will or even death because he had COVID. But then the other freaky, weird thing I started seeing was I started seeing people comment, and thankfully they weren't any of my friends, but I was seeing it, um, of commenting on, I wish this was Biden and not Trump. And, you know, because I just want that guy to die, you know? And I'm like, look, th- th- this is sick, people. You, you can't be wishing death upon people just because they're of the wrong political party than you or because you disagree with them. And, um, and, and even in that thread... People were responding, I don't want to say in a hateful way, but almost, you know, almost justifying it. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? It's just like what you said, you know, it's like they were saying, well, look, um, Trump is still running these campaign ads. Well, look at Biden still doing this. And it's it's back and forth. I'm like, and I had to just call a timeout. I'm like, people just stop. Okay. Hate is hate. What what kind of world are we in when we're trying to justify um, hate or say, um, or, or try to you know, have a competition of who's less hateful or who's more hateful. That's just stupid. It's ridiculous. It, and it really, you know, I don't know. I, I hate to feel all sappy and, and, and sound stupid, not like a man, but I'm all about love and unity. You know what I mean? I just, just want people to get along and I, I want peace. And uh, that's not politics, man. That's not politics at all. No, and, not. Um, but I try to bring some civility to it. And even when I try to bring some civility to it, there's always someone there to scoop in. It and doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work, man. It doesn't. And um, yeah. it's, a, it's a shame because, you know what, I, this, that's why I, it'll never happen in our lifetime, but I really wish that we could do, just do away with our political party system. It, it, would, it would lose the, you would lose the corruption in Washington, you would lose the uh, the thirty year lifetime politician because they wouldn't keep getting reelected time and time and time again. How many people like you know Pelosi or Schumer or McConnell or these people that have been in office forever? Do people just go in and just blindfully do all Republican or all Democrat? And that's why they that's why they get in because as much as it seems like people pay attention to politics because of social media, the bulk of people don't are not hardcore followers of politics, you know, maybe a month or two before an election, but, and which is why maybe the negative ads could work on, you know, people that don't really follow things that much. Uh, I hate negative political ads because I think they're stupid. I don't think they're changing anybody's mind. And if they are changing anybody's mind, it's such a small percentage that it's not going to matter. They keep spending the money. So people keep giving that doesn't mean it, that doesn't mean it's working though. It does doesn't mean it's working. Um, I think I think it might get some people riled up if it's what they want to hear. But you know, I don't know. I mean, people's views of everything are so screwed up. It's just even like after this last the presidential debate the one last week. Now I do think this one now this probably won't be out until after it. This this two days from now. I think the vice presidential debate will be. More civil. I civil. Think, yeah, yeah. They're not going to be calling each other names. They're just going to. I think it will. Well, be that's not to say that they're not going to get mean with each other. I think they will, but they'll no. be they'll be mean with a civil tone to it. <laughs> no, I think I think I think there will be more talk of the issues and right. And that there's going to be some 
some tension there, but it's going to be a lot better. But I guess what gets me, especially with the last debate, is when I see people the next day on social media going, my man slammed him, or I, he won, he was a warrior, and the other one was a wimp, or this guy's a bully, and, that, and they, 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 they act like it was a big win. Right. To me, if I'm looking at a debate as a normal person who's not taking sides, I look at a debate and say, okay, what can't, there's some undecided voters out there. What candidate did a good job, I think, did a good job of getting, of attracting people outside of their base? And that would be for both candidates 0.0. So that's how you look at it. Just because you think your guy made the best cracks and all that, that he was some warrior or the, the greatest debater of all time, it doesn't mean a damn thing when everybody who's undecided in independence go, there's two jackasses up on stage. And one of them's actually the one running the, running the country, acting like a five-year-old. And you got another guy who wants that job that's acting now jumped on board and is playing along too. Neither one of those candidates did anything but excite their base. The same people who are going to vote for them, whether they dropped their pants and took a dump on the stage. Well, I have, I have a, that's compl- the, I have, that's the thing. I have a was, slightly, slightly different take, but go ahead, finish up. <laughs> but I just don't think, I don't think either candidate did a damn thing for undecided voters. I, I just don't. I think see, it was I, a joke. I think it was intentional from Trump because I think going into it, well, see, I'm sure it Tr- Tr- Trump is a very calculating guy. Okay. Everything he does is calculated. I don't think he does a lot of things that are just off the cuff, even though it lo- seems like it, right? He, he doesn't get to where he's at by doing things off the cuff. Everything is calculated. I think his plan was going into that knowing that no matter what he does, no matter how vile and bombastic he comes across, he's not going to lose his base. Okay. Right. And, and, and even knowing if Joe retaliates in, in kind, he's not going to lose, Joe's not going to lose his base. Right. I think Trump's job, what he, now this is just my thinking on this. I think that he was trying to tear a division between the far left and, and Joe which is why he started digging in uh, to things to get Joe to admit that he doesn't side with the very far left on things. And why Trump even admitted it twice in that, in that debate, he said, well, you just lost, lost the far left. Now, to some people that might, to Biden supporters might say, well, well so what? So we don't want the far left. Uh, but they do. They, they're counting on the far left. They're counting on the Bernie supporters and the Kamala supporters, right? That's why he has Kamala on the team, because they want the far left. The, the, I think he was trying to drive a wedge, at, no matter at what cost, even if he came across looking like the biggest jackass in the world, he wanted Biden to admit some certain things that were not going to sit well with the far left. Now, here's where Trump, I think, got that wrong. It's very easy for, for uh, Joe or even Bernie to go back to those supporters and say, People, you know this is political theater, right? He's saying those things because he has to. He's still on your side. He's still got you. Don't worry about it. Whatever you hear in these debates, whatever you hear going on, just ignore it. It's political theater. He's still got you. That's easily done. So I think that's a miscalculation on Trump's part if that was his plan, if that was his calculated plan. They're still going to vote for him. Who else are they going to vote for? The far left is not going to vote for No, a lot of Bernie supporters don't even want to vote for either. They they want to stay at home. They, they, I, I know a lot of people who don't, who aren't crazy on either candidate that are going to still go and vote for their 
for their party. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I didn't, I just, it didn't, there just, to me, was not really anything accomplished. Wednesday night, I think there'll be, I think you'll have a more, a real discussion on, on, on issues. I mean, I Pence isn't going to come out and start making fun of somebody right off the bat. Pence but is not that guy. Let, let's, let's do a review here real quick. Okay. Because I think that I nailed this debate. Um, the day, the earlier in the morning of the debate, if you saw my post, um, I just want to see how close I was. Uh, this is what I said about the debate. So, and, and, and again, this is probably going to air after the vice presidential debate, but that's not too hard to call with, uh, with what's going to go on there, right? I said, spoiler alert, at tonight's debate, it will be a combination of WWE, a comedy show, and a cringe fest. And in the end, both sides will claim a victory and nobody's mind will be changed. How close was I? On a, now, again, was that hard to predict? Probably not. Um, and I hey. said, I had one more prognostication. I said, if Biden, and this is yet to be determined, um, I don't know that he had, uh, I mean, they both had horrible, horrible debates. I said, um, if Biden has a horrible night, he will withdraw from the other debates, citing that he couldn't stand to be on the stage with a pathological liar or something to that degree. And it looks like the second debate is going to happen, so that's the one thing I got wrong, so... Anyways, the, the, my, my, my main prediction came true. I don't think it was very hard to predict that, though. <laughs> yeah. And all you people out there who say, you know what? And I, I actually posted this the, right after the debate, if you're on my personal page, not my musician page. And, well, my real last name is Bozeski for some of you out there. But music-wise, I've what? always used Anthony is my, Anthony's my middle oh, name. This so is a scandal. This is a yeah. scandal. There's a lot of people that don't know my last name's Pazeski. Unless I've known you for how long? I, I I'm just now finding this out. What? <laughs> well, anyhow, <laughs> I I've been kidding. Or I I think I my words. I can't remember exactly word for word. But I said basically after the first debate, if you if you feel like you're the crackety ass between the left and right <laughs> cheek, vote for me. Let me be your ass crack. Cut out the middleman and vote for Pazeski. I'm still waiting for you and, to announce me as your running mate, and that, that well, hasn't hey, happened yet. If you win, I don't think anybody wanted anything to do with it. I got a lot of people. Oh, if you win, um, yeah, sure, I'll come aboard. Well, you know, and I haven't been as vocal about it because I don't, there's one one person in particular. I don't want them. I don't want her to think I was a complete jackass right <laughs> off the start. But it doesn't matter any. On the other also. point, I really don't care if people think I'm a jackass. So you know, you know, I mean, so Mar it's Mar like, if if. You don't want me to be your running mate. I won't be your running mate. But oh, if you were to I ask me, I will not turn you down. Why would you? Why would you even want to play a part? Hey, you're welcome. You know, I, I'd, I'd love to be working with you in the White House. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. I and we have a difference of opinion on some things. That balances me, out. That balances it out. That's how it should be to have somebody come in and just say, "Okay, it's the perfect I'm just going to follow what you do." You know, I mean, to me, I like I'm I I, I like that. I still don't understand why nobody's ever gone to Condoleezza Rice and brought her in as a VP pick. Uh, I thought that I would thought be, she'd be a great pick. Yeah. I thought she would be fantastic. Now, if you'd rather have Condoleezza over me, I would gladly step down uh, for Condoleezza because... She hasn't you know, returned any of my calls. They should have her at least run the NFL. 
I mean, oh, she'd be great at that's that. That's a no-brainer. She wants to do it, too. And I, I, Goodell is just horrible, horrible. Yeah, I mean, she would be the right person for it because she's African-American. She understands what the players' feelings are and what they and, – and she doesn't – and I've seen I've, – I've watched interviews with her. She doesn't, she doesn't denounce anything that they say, and she agrees with – she just would have – take a better approach at dealing with the issue. And that's – and to me, that would be – that that would be a good woman to have running the NFL. Somebody who is, I mean, it is it's it's majority minority league. Right. Why not have a minority that also has a touch of a conservative view? Also, to I just think I just think she's I well, she would be I more pragmatic too. I, I don't think she would play politics with the sport, and and that's what no. Goodell is that's what Goodell is doing. He's playing politics with the sport. Yeah, I think she would do what's. I think she would do what is best. For not just the teams, the league, but also to, and also the players. I think she would be somebody who could get everybody to work together. And I just think I I'm just surprised that she hasn't over the years ha- hasn't gotten that car. Maybe she just has no interest in it. And that's why nobody's ever. Car. I'm not talking just about the NFL. I know the story on that. But I mean, as far as getting into being a vice president or mm-hmm. I mean, I've never heard her say anything. She wanted to be president of the United States. So that's the only reason I haven't brought. But, that up. I just think she'd be a fantastic vice president for anybody. I will say That's this about opinion. I will say this about the NFL, and um, hopefully we we eventually get uh, my buddy John Elefante on this show. I he and I love to rip each other back and forth, and you know the Steelers were supposed to play the Titans this weekend, and uh, he hates the Steelers, and Titans are his, his boys, and I, I I you know I think I touched a nerve. Um, because usually he responds and I, and, uh, he didn't respond this time, but, um, I said, you know what I said, I think what happened was I said, your, your, your Tennessee Titan boys were using this whole COVID thing as a, as a ruse to not, uh, want to drop their losing streak to the Steelers. So that was pretty, uh, pretty well played on their end. So (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be, I thought it was going to be a great game. One thing I would mention to you, just, just, I've been meaning to tell you this is, Look, we haven't even gotten into the winter. We're early in a season, and we already have a game tonight that was supposed to take place yesterday with their starting quarterback not being in. I don't even know what's going on on with the game. It's probably over now. But with this Steeler game, there's gonna, I wouldn't be surprised if the Super Bowl ends up being a couple weeks late. That There's going to be a time where there are going to be teams that might lose out on a couple games, and they're going to have to try to make some of that stuff up. Or there could be a playoff game or a championship game once you get into the winter, and they might have, they might have to reschedule a game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Super Bowl – isn't played maybe a week or two later. Well, that plays into our favor if we're driving to Florida. Uh, so, because we can always change that easier than we can change April, a flight. So, April 4th, baby, or well, I don't know if that's a Sunday or not, but early April would be great. And then in February and March, they could do all the college bowl games because some of the go. seasons are starting. I mean, the Pac 10 is doing a short season starting in what, November 9th, I think it is. Oh, right. that would, I would love to see football college and pro extend through the winter because there's nothing for me to do in february and march on sunday it's off we'll see how it all plays out but uh (laughs) 
I think we uh, we better wrap things up here. Um, okay. Look, you know, it's it's great when we have a special guest, but it's always great when you and I just to get to blabber uh, for a full show, and uh, that'll happen from time to time. We hope that, uh, you know, you, you hung in there long enough and enjoyed what you heard, and uh, I think we'll probably try to get a guest on next time, uh, whether it be Chip or John or somewhere. We'll, we'll, we'll find a special guest to bring on uh, for next show. So until then... See you later there, uh, blabber brain. Take it easy. See you. I did it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) This hat's throwing me off. I can't get my hand underneath the brim. (laughs) Fail. See ya. We'll see you later, brainiacs. 